I'm excited to have you guys join Hunter and I today as we discuss her new book all about bringing scripture into our homes and hiding it in our children's hearts and in our own hearts. You can find more from Hunter at Hunter Billis. So Hunter and then B-E-L-E-S-S dot com. It'll be linked in the show notes. Her podcast is Journey Woman and you can find that in the show notes as well. I hope you guys give her a follow and enjoy this conversation. If you do, if you would click the subscribe button or the thumbs up button on YouTube, we'd love to have you join us for more interviews like this in the future. And if you enjoy this, if you would leave a rating or review on iTunes or Spotify, that really helps this podcast get out to more families and in more homes. Thank you guys so much. But now that we're a family podcast. Awesome. So I'm excited to have Hunter on today. And if you guys are unfamiliar with Hunter and the Journey Woman podcast, then you're missing out because she just has incredible resources for women and mothers. And I think you guys are going to enjoy listening to her today. And hopefully you continue listening to her in the future months and years. But today we're talking specifically about a book that she came out with, which is all about instilling scripture into our children's lives. And I know that that's something that I'm really inspired to do. I got so inspired, Hunter, when I saw your stories of you and your kids singing scripture. And anyways, I'm just so happy to have you on here today. Oh, well, praise God. Your kids are like in the perfect age demographic. I've loved looking at photos of them. How old are they? So my kids are five, four, two, and one right now. Yeah, but it's a perfect age to start scripture memorization and it's so much fun. So tell me real quick, let's back up and tell me, how'd you get here? What does life look like for you right now in this season of life? Well, I am a mother as well, and I homeschool our uh, three kiddos. I really do formal education with our older two who are seven and five, Adley and Davey, two girls. And then I have a three-year-old who we affectionately call the Bonado who runs around doing circles while we try and do something productive with our days. Uh, So I spend the bulk of my time with them doing home education. I'm married to Brooks, who is a wonderful, wonderful husband and father. Uh, He did seven, let's see, eight years of military service and recently retired. So we're in our first civilian kind of location and hoping to plant roots here in Northwest Arkansas. In the Fringe Hours, I host the Journey Women podcast, as you mentioned, and also sit down sometimes and write rhymes. One of those rhymes turned into a children's book, which will be published shortly. It's called Read It, See It, Say It, Sing It that you referenced. Yes, and I'm so excited to get my hands on that book. I wish I had a copy right now for this interview, but it's still in the pre-order stage. And when is that book actually getting released? So it'll be released on April the 19th, but I've actually heard from some of my followers that their books have already shipped, which is really exciting. I got like a hundred copies on my doorstep just yesterday. So I think they're out in the wild heading to people's doorsteps right now, uh, but you can pre-order and Amazon will certainly send it to you by April 19th, the Lord will. Yeah. Well, awesome. That's super exciting. And so I want to make sure that our listeners know where they can find that book at the end of this podcast, but How did you come to faith in Christ yourself before, you know, you started teaching your kids before you had this desire for God's word? Did you, how did, I guess, how did that faith journey look? And then did you instantly have a desire for God's word and just kind of kept it all these years? 
Well, that is such a great question. And I love that you asked that because I don't often get to share this story on podcasts. And the Lord brought me to himself in the home pew of my church when I was a child. And I remember just being overcome uh, with the reality of my sin and the weight of my sin. And at that exact moment, uh, God gave me ears to hear the good news that Christ had come to save sinners as I was sitting on that pew and my dad was sitting next to me. And it was such a special moment that I treasure now I looked up to him and, um, somehow uh, he knew that I was feeling the conviction of the Holy spirit. And so we prayed together and I confessed with my mouth, uh, and believed in my heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised him from the dead. And from that moment, my life has really never been the same. Um, and I did from a very young age, really love God's word, but I have to tell you also that there was a period where I really sought to know and love God through his word. And there was also sadly a period in which I realized that uh, the conviction that I was feeling as I was intaking the truths of God's word was not going to allow me to continue to seek the approval and affirmation of my peers. And so there was a season where I actively set aside God's word. I lament that season so much. It was some of the darkest years of my life um, where I said, I'm not going to be regularly reading this book because I know that I'm not going to be able to live in light of its truths in order to be approved of by my peers. And so by God's grace, when I was a senior in high school, after a tragic accident um, in my family, I really was caused to to reckon with the brevity of life um, and began to ask really big questions as we often do when we face really hard moments in our lives. And so I started asking like, God, are you there? Who are you? Um, I had gotten so far from the Lord in the four years that I hadn't turned to him in his word that I really didn't even have a relationship with him at that point. Um, however, I do see looking back him having kept me through all of those years. And so when I opened my Bible and began to ask, okay, who are you, God? Would you show yourself to me? Um, he was so faithful to do that through his word, Katie, that that is really where my passion for God's word, like stems, that's what it stems from is just having seen a life lived without it, having experienced that myself, the despair, um, good goodness, like all the, the negative things that came with that season of my life. And then turning to God in his word and experiencing um, the life that we have in Christ and, and the good life that he um, lays out for us in his word, that has become like something that I just can't stop sharing about with other people because it's been so transformative for me personally. How powerful. I think it's so cool that the Holy Spirit does convict when he decides it's time and just draws us to himself, you know, like when you were a child and then again, later as an adult or an older person at that point, I just think it's so beautiful how he keeps us through those times, like you said, and, and can give us this fresh desire for his word. And I think what's we have experienced walking away from that, it becomes less appealing, that whole path or the approval. Man, it's a lot easier to give that up because it's like, I know that didn't get me anywhere and just run the other direction. So true. And, you know, by the world standards, Katie, at that time in my life, I was incredibly successful. I mean, I was the president of my senior high school, you know, I like just by the, by my outward pedigree and resume, um, I was probably like, quote unquote, more successful than ever. And yet I felt more 
empty than ever before in my life. And so you're exactly right. I just began to see like the things of the world that I thought would satisfy me really do not breed satisfaction. And so I'm so grateful that the Lord, like you said, convicted me and caused me to turn back to the only one Christ Jesus who does offer us like the fullness of life. And in that season, so you had this kind of drought there since that renewed energy and excitement for God's word. Have you ever gone through seasons as a mom where maybe you're like, ah, this just doesn't hold the same appeal to me? Do you kind of keep going through the motions? I know that a lot of us can go through seasons of desert seasons, even if they aren't complete, like rebellious seasons. Um, Have you walked through some of those? And if so, what would you share to a woman that might be in a season like that right now? No, I think for me, especially as a mother, what I sense myself doing is looking for fulfillment or satisfaction in things apart from God and his word. And I can see that just by my own behavior. Like, what am I reaching for? What am I turning to? What am I regularly like intaking? And so when I find myself, which is all too often, sadly, reaching for things to fulfill me apart from God and his word, then I simply pray as the psalmist did. I remember uh, the verses from Psalm 51, where he says, restore to me the joy of my salvation, uphold me with a willing spirit. Psalm 119 is full of the prayers of the psalmist. And you see, obviously, some of the verses that we all know off the top of our head, like your word is sweeter sweeter than honey to my lips. But he also says, uh, open my eyes so that I may contemplate wondrous things from your instruction. So he's asking God, would you open my eyes? My eyes feel closed. Like, would you open them, Lord? Or my life is down in the dust. Give me life according to your word. And I have too many moments like that where I just realized, man, I'm trying to fill up with things that are not going to fulfill me. And so God, would you help me to meditate on your wonders and your precepts, strengthen me according to your word, just as the psalmist said. And if you're struggling in that season right now, I just want to encourage you pick up Psalm 119. I have recently been loving that in the CSB translation. I'm like traditionally an ESV kind of girl, but the Christian standard Bible, just the way that the words are written has really connected with my heart. The way that the words are translated has really connected with my heart. So I would highly recommend that if you find yourself in a season like that right now. Well, I just love how even you knowing those scriptures right now, the less popular kind of off the top of your head ones, they, they are just ministering. You know, they minister to me right now, just hearing God's word. And yet how often do we actually have God's word to use in the battle or to use when we're fighting? Because it's just, it's not there. We have to go pick up our Bible manually, you know, which is is wonderful and it's there in all of our homes for the most part. But just being able to recall it in a in a moment where we don't have time to actually go pick up the physical Bible, like that is so beautiful. And I love how God's so faithful to always keep that to not let us become fulfilled in other things. He'll always leave that gap there. He will always leave that hole there that only he can fill. And that's just him and his faithfulness. I have felt that so many times. And it's, and it's such an encouragement. So, okay. You have three little kids. (laughs) You have one that's a toddler. You're doing the homeschool thing. How do you, how, wow, that word was really coming out strange. How do you prioritize knowing and loving God and his word in this busy season? Like, how does that practically look for you right now? I think this would be a better question for you, my friend, with four children, five and under. So I'd love to hear your input. Um, But I think we probably relate on like just having really good intentions and wanting to prioritize God's word. Um, And I've been a mother for eight years now. And I have to say that I 
have definitely prioritized time in God's word daily. And yet so often I find that time is interrupted or it doesn't happen to play out in the way in which I'd hoped. So over the past eight years, I've really had to learn flexibility um, as a mother. And I think that's where scripture memory became so important to me because I realized, man, I just am not going to have the luxury of always being able to sit down and feast on the word like I used to do prior to having children. And so I've got to learn how to stick a, stick a verse in my pocket, kind of like a protein bar. Like I still need to eat. Matthew 4, 4 said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word of the mouth of God that comes from the mouth of God. And so how am I going to continue to be nourished by the word, even though the way in which I seek out that nourishment may look a little bit different just due to the nature of my season. So um, that's when I started to memorize scripture, when I realized, wow, I'm not going to be able to sit here for as long as I'd like any longer. Um, so I started taking verses on the go. And then eventually I realized, wow, I can actually be talking about these verses with my kids. What an idea. So we'd be walking to the park or something like that. And I would start to say the verse that I was meditating on and they started to pick it up. And then eventually over time, and this was actually, they weren't very old. I think my oldest may, may have been four years old. We memorized Psalm one. Don't be too impressed. It's only six verses. Um, but when I realized that we could memorize chapters, then I thought, wow, this is really awesome. I can be meditating on an entire Psalm and thereby kind of studying it contextually, like anywhere I go. And so I started to get really passionate about it. And then when I pulled out my phone, instead of reaching for Instagram, I would start to Google, like, what does it mean to be kept by God? Or, you know, what is it, what, the tree, what kind of tree was planted by still waters? You know, just the questions that you kind of ask in deeper Bible study would come to me as I was meditating on the words of God, when I was pushing babies on the swings at the park, or when I was washing dishes in the evening. So um, that's how Bible study has looked for me. I don't always like memorize contextually, and that's not my primary uh, form of Bible study all the time, but it has certainly been a wonderful tool in my like tool belt of Bible study, especially in a season of young mother. Okay. So I love this. So you mentioned Psalm one, which is like a great starter chapter, but so you memorize other chapters though. Is that kind of what you do in your, in your quiet time? I mean, obviously there's verses here and there, but do you often like just go through the whole chapter? verses here and there. Okay. And then once we did Psalm one, we, I realized we could memorize contextually and we started doing chapters. So we have wow. done a lot of Psalms. Um, and I think that's because the Psalms are the songbook for God's people. They were meant to be sung. They're actually quite easy to memorize. And then one day I decided we were going to branch out. I was studying uh, the life of Amy Carmichael. If you don't know Amy Carmichael, she's a missionary in India. She rescued um, literally hundreds of children from um, child slavery in Hindu temples. And she had a school in which every Monday they would recite first Corinthians 13. And I thought, wow, what a nice idea that'd be for our little school to remember what love is and, and be able to recite like first Corinthians 13. So we did first Corinthians 13. We're currently working on Hebrews 11 and it's really amazing. They're the best little accountability partners that I've ever had in my life. <laughs> they, they will not let me forget, um, to memorize, oh, yeah. uh, when we sit around the table, which is where we kind of 
practically flesh things out. Um, and that's been a grace to me because I am so prone to forgetfulness. <laughs> oh yeah. Isn't that the truth? Kids do not let you forget anything and you can really use it to your advantage for the things that you want to do. You also do very careful of things you commit to. I'm finding <laughs> they will hold you to it. So in our house, we talk a lot about systems, which are just like flows that you don't have to think about anymore. They're just habits that are there built in. Um, one might call them like routines or things like that. How, what are some of those systems or routines that you have built in to your daily home life? Oh yeah. Well, specifically in regard to scripture memory, I referenced yes. Matthew 4, 4. It occurred to me one day, like, wow, if we are supposed to live by God's word and to eat it, like we eat food to remember that we need it daily for nourishment, then why would we not do that when we sit down to break bread together? Um, and it's kind of become part of our routine, just like prayer, where we sit down and we pray before the meal and we remember, oh man, God's provided this meal for us. And he's ultimately provided for us in the person of his son, Jesus. Well, now we're also remembering the provision of his word. And so that's where we've really incorporated a lot of scripture memory is around the table. And the benefit of that is on most mornings, not every morning, my husband gets to be there for breakfast and for dinner. And so when we do it together, then it's like, wow, this is something I always wanted to do as a family, but we just didn't know how to figure that out practically to be memorizing scripture, like all together. Cause we don't often get to be together since my husband, especially when he was in the military, he was often deployed and those types of things. So that's kind of how we work the rhythm of um, Bible intake and scripture memory into our daily rhythms. And I agree with you. I think it's amazing how um, much progress you can see, even from inconsistent consistency. If you set that Bible on the table or you set that chapter printed out like on the table, you may not do it every day, but even if you hit it a few times a week, you're going to see so much progress and, and your kids, they're going to remember it and the benefits are going to be there. So, um, I couldn't agree with you more in regard to rhythm and routine. That's been such a helpful thing for me with my forgetful mom brain. <laughs> well, I love that too. Like the correlation and just for our kids and for ourselves of like, Hey, we eat every day. We eat three times a day. We need to be taking in God's word. Why would we go a week or even a day without food? Like we're or nourishment. We're going to experience a loss. And so, I don't know. I love that. Even just that pairing right there. Cause not only is it a good reminder of let's, let's do this right now, but it's also a good reminder of what it represents. Yeah. And I think you're so right though, that we can add it to any one of our routines. Um, it could be that you're driving kids to school and you're sitting in the pickup line. I mean, I've heard those pickup lines can last up to 45 minutes. Like wow, what a way to redeem the time to consider doing Bible intake and scripture memory during that time. Or even when you're brushing your teeth in the evening or something like we currently sing the ABCs. I'm like, why would I not just go ahead and transfer that over to whatever verse we're working on right now? Just say that a few times well, to make sure we get all of those teeth covered, but I'm not very good at brushing teeth. I do have to confess. <laughs> you know, we all have our strengths. <laughs> scripture memory is a good one, a good one to land on. <laughs> So, okay. I did want to ask you about the singing concept. Do you just come up with your own tunes? Do you pair it to tunes that they already know? How do you do that? Cause I know kids learn well through singing, but do you just make that up as you go? Joke around and say that this is truly the Lord redeeming my time in high school that I referenced. Cause I listened to way too much rap music. So <laughs> a lot of my verses are set to a beat. Cause it's just the way that it comes naturally to me. It just makes sense to me to be doing it. And that's why we started sharing on Instagram. And then I know a lot of people feel badly because they're like, well, I don't know how to set it to a beat. I don't know how to set it to a tune. 
Um, but that's why we share so that we can share them with you and that you can use them if God has not uh, given you the gift of rhyme or, or rhythm. Um, and many, many people do this and you can pretty much find almost any resource on whatever translation you're trying to utilize. Um, if you're wanting to do, uh, something in regard to memorization with song or rhythm. However, I will say, I haven't found as many helps, uh, when it comes to memorizing contextually, which is part of why we share, because I found that the little kids brains are so pliable, um, that they're really able to do a lot more than one single verse. So that's part of why we share. Um, but I would also say, you know, just really simply, if you're wanting to, just work this out for yourself and choose different passages than what we've shared. Just think about like a popular song uh, that you know the the tune to off the top of your head. It could even be something that your kids know, like Twinkle Twinkle Little Star, you know, and you could set the words to the song that way. I know many people do, and you can run Twinkle Twinkle Little Star over and over on repeat, and it's going to be just fine. <laughs> you know, or or your favorite rap song, like either one. <laughs> No, I love it so much. That's a great idea. You're right. Like so many other songs I think are actually set to the tune of Twinkle Twinkle, like Row, Row, Row Your Boat and Bob Bob Black Sheep. And I think they all have something in common there. Um, okay. So yeah, there's something there. So with, okay, is it read it, see it, say it, sing it? Is that it? The book title? Okay. <laughs> Yeah, I love it, though, because it is so like if I can remember the title, you can remember kind of the, the process, right? So the method in the title. Yeah, so, it's the and, method. and it goes throughout the book where you'll be repeating it through the book. It's like, read it, see it, say it, sing it. We treasure God's word because Jesus is in it. So it just goes throughout the whole book over and over. So then by the by the end of the first read, you will probably have the method. OK, so tell me a little bit about it, because I feel like tell me like a little bit more what um Obviously, your life inspired it, but this just sounds like an awesome catalyst for families that are wanting to implement this into their lives and are like, I just, I don't know where to start. It's really daunting. That was really how it was born, Katie, is that I had been sharing these things on Instagram and then a lot of people were like, well, can you kind of try and describe what you're doing here? And I thought, I don't even know what I'm doing here. <laughs> so I had to sit down and really think, how could I encapsulate? what we're doing into a method that could potentially be rec replicable for other families. And as I sat down and thought about it, I thought, well, what we do is we read it over and over, right? So that's the read it part. We see it by putting it in front of our eyes. And that's kind of what I was referencing when I suggest to put something like on the table or put it on your mirror so that you remember to reflect on the truths of God's word. I find that so often when I just set my Bible out in the morning alongside like my cup that's ready to be filled with coffee, I'm going to be that much more apt to sit down and read it before the children wake than if I had it sitting on a shelf. So that's the see it component. And then also I've got a tattoo on right now um, from my friends that like dwell differently. Um, I used to write the first letter of every word in the verse that I was memorizing on my wrist. And they have conveniently branded these into beautiful tattoos that you can use their, um, their wash off, don't worry, uh, but for your whole family. And they have, uh, you know, the first letter of every word in the verse wow. in these little beautiful graphics. And so that's another element of see it is 
Maybe it's that you draw something. I remember my grandmother, she used to draw out. She drew the book of Revelation, like just so she could get a handle on what is actually being written here. So the see it component is just like, what can I set before my eyes that's going to remind me to reflect on the truths of God's word and to be regularly rehearsing them? Um, the say it component is the need to just be repeating them regularly. I mean, I think about Deuteronomy six, that's like one of the key verses that this whole book really stems from Deuteronomy six, four through nine, it's called the Shema. Um, it's where um, the Israelites are, are hearing these words and Moses is saying, you know, take these words, the instruction of the Lord, teach them to your children, talk about them when you sit, when you rise, when you walk by the way, it's like, talk about it all the time. So the need to regularly be repeating the truths of God's word, um, as we're talking to one another. And then the sing it piece really comes, you know, it's not so much the practical, um, like singing element that we were discussing that can be so helpful for scripture memory. It's honestly more so a, a right response to growing in our understanding of who God is through his word. So as we read, see, and say the words of scripture, we will begin to know more about who God is and God willing, our lives are going to sing in response. So we will wow. want to open our mouths. And as the psalmist said, testify to the wondrous works of the word. And that's part of evangelism, isn't it? And also mutual edification and discipleship where God's word is written on our hearts, where it's on our hearts, as it says in Deuteronomy 6, in such a way that we would speak speak about it, sing about it, talk about it, like tell everyone about it. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about just intaking God's word is you can't help, uh, but have it spill out. And that's what we all want, you know, as, as mothers, that's what we want. We want to be saying, uh, the words of scripture to our kids. We want to be instructing our kids with the word. We want to be encouraging our kids with the word. We want to be praying over our children with the word. And so I really think the scripture memory piece, um, is something that will enable us, like you said, to be ready to do that in the moment. Wow. I, I just love how your excitement and your enthusiasm for God's word just spills out, you know, just spilling through this podcast. And I can't imagine like what a blessing it is for your kids to sit under you as that happens, because we're all human, but humans that are immersed in God's word are just a lot more enjoyable to be around. And they're, cause they're, you're just pointing everyone, all of our listeners here, you're pointing me to Christ, to the gospel. And it's just, it's really powerful. You know, I want that outpouring. And so thank you so much just for, for, for sharing. Oh man, I'm just so encouraged. First out of my own need and my acknowledgement of man, I cannot survive without the instruction of the word mm -hmm. and without continually bending low and drinking deep, um, from the living water. <laughs> and so, um, I am so grateful that the byproduct is that other people are encouraged because really it was, you know, a selfish endeavor. I, I just, that's how much I need you, Lord. Um, and I hope that other mamas who are just finding themselves weary and worn out and dry, maybe you feel overcome by the pressure to try and be instructing your kids with the word. I just want to say drink deeply because I think it starts with you, the love for God's word that you want to instill within your children and impart to them, it begins with you and your own love for God's word. And so do whatever you can reach for it, however you can, whenever you can, and ask the Lord to help you to delight in its truths. And then 
I, I am such a testament, Katie, of a life that's been changed by the word of God, because I'm telling you from my own story, um, you wouldn't have recognized me 16 years ago in that story that I described of someone who is very far from God's word and very depressed and very unhappy. And so um, I hope that this will be an encouragement to women all over the world um, just to reach for God's word however they can, whenever they can. Well, I love Hunter, how you pointed out how it can either feel like a burdensome task to be like, okay, now I have to add something else to my plate. And now I need to instill a scripture to my, into my kids, but it can be such a natural outpouring of if we're just focused on, like you said, drinking deeply and just immersing in our word or in God's word, it's going to come out. It's just going to overflow on our kids and we aren't going to be able to help it. It's not something else we need to add to the to-do list. Um, it's just going to be a natural byproduct of our relationship. The story that I've told, it was, it's such a natural overflow. I mean, part of the reason why I initially started doing it with them is because they were with me all the time. It wasn't because I necessarily wanted to be instructing them. <laughs> it was just, they're this always here. <laughs> and uh, that's the wonderful gift of getting to do life together as a family. I think so often as mothers, we feel really frustrated when we are trying our best to be sitting down and in taking the truths of God's word and be disciplined in our study. And yet we're constantly finding ourselves interrupted. And so I just want to encourage moms to see those interruptions as an invitation to welcome the children to come alongside you um, and know and love God through his word. And the beautiful thing is about the way that God set it up, then we're doing all the things we're growing in our knowledge and love for who God is. And we're also teaching and instructing our children in the same way. Isn't, Isn't that, that the, the truth? truth? It, it doesn't, doesn't have, have to be, be this isolated incident. It It's better to be in community and to be growing together and for them to see what's happening. And those little private stolen moments with the Lord, like those are just treasures, right? <laughs> that we get to experience. So what do you do when your kids maybe aren't so enthusiastic about this process or they won't don't really want to read scripture or they don't want to repeat it again or read their own Bibles? You know, how do you navigate that? For sure. You know, I just want to offer some encouragement that in the years that I was referencing in my own life, I guarantee you that I was the surly child who did not want to be talking about God's word. I remember my dad, he used to have me read aloud a proverb every day on the way to school. And I can guarantee that my countenance was less than charmed <laughs> in those moments. And so you never know how the Lord is going to use the investment that you're making because now my dad just recently passed and I can't tell you what fondness mm -hmm. I look back on those drives. And I'm so grateful uh, for his um, commitment to continue asking me to read God's word together. So you'd never know, you may not see an instant like reward with the children. Um, but you never know how the Lord will, you, you do know that God's word doesn't return void. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, that's an encouragement. And then also when it comes to little children, my kids are always with me. You can probably hear them in the background right now. We have a wonderful nanny who comes and watches them when I do things like this, but I can definitely hear my son crying right now. Um, <laughs> but when we're together uh, around the table and we're, you know, talking about God's word and we're, we're working on a little bit more formal instruction, like when it comes to scripture memory, if they don't want to be involved, then I simply say, Hey, it's okay. Um, mommy needs God's word. Like she needs food. 
So I am going to continue to recite this verse. I am going to continue reading this passage. And when you want to join me, if you want to join me, you're welcome to. And then we just make it silly fun, Katie. Like we do not make this like necessarily, I know people may have qualms with this because there is like a reverence with God's word. And I certainly agree with that, but also, um, whatever it is that will cause my children to be excited about rehearsing its truths is, is what I am excited about doing with them. So sometimes we stand on our chairs and yell it. Sometimes we, you know, sing it together. Sometimes we pound on the table. And that's part of why I think my kids really enjoy doing it because it's things that we don't often do during our homeschooling instruction uh, to work out memorization. Um, but it's anything that they're in willing to do to engage um, with scripture. Basically, I, I, I'm like, hey, you want to say it in a monster voice? Let's bring on the monster voices. I love that. And they can see the joy in you. And just like, this is a priority. We're going to make it fun. I, this is just so cool. And it's so... Again, I'm just so excited. I can't wait to go and um, get my kids together and be like, okay, I, I'm encouraged with the whole chapter thing, I think, because I've kind of like henpecked these little verses, but I can see just reading a passage, even if we're just reading it every morning, how much they're going to pick up and just how much that's going to bless me reading all God's word in context like that um, with the kids. So I love that you just keep it fun and show them the importance that it is to you. I think, you know, that whole concept more is caught than taught when we're delighting in God and his word. And it's not this bore to us or something that we're doing to check it off the list. Then our kids sense that, because I remember watching my mom, I just knew that even though I went through seasons of being like, I don't, like you said, even with your father, like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'd rather be doing something else. I had seasons like that, but I knew that my mom delighted in God's word. And it's something that I always came back to. And I think that that's more important that our kids see that this is a true joy for us and not this burden for them to reflect back on and be like one day, like, no, this was really, this was a source of my mother's strength. That's worse. I need to turn to this too, not be like, well, that was something she did because she felt like she had to, or she felt guilt if she didn't. So Awesome. So, okay. Tell me where, where can people buy this book? I'm ready to get it. I need it here. Um, and where can people get to know you better, hear more from you and just follow your journey and, and everything you're doing. You're just very encouraging. You can find the book anywhere books are sold. You could get it at Target or Walmart if you want to. I don't think it's going to be on the shelves, but you can certainly order it through there, through Amazon. I mean, I think you can request for it to be available through local booksellers if you're looking to buy locally, um, and that would be really neat. But basically, anywhere books are sold. You can also find out basically anything you want to know about who I am and what I do on my website, hunterbelist.com. And you can hear my voice through podcasts. If you like listening to podcasts on the journey, women podcast, all one word, which you can find wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes. And I would highly suggest that podcast when I was snooping around, you know, getting to know you online before we met face to face, I was really encouraged by a lot of your episodes on journey Women. So I'm grateful for that resource you're doing too. And I'm so glad that we were able to connect and I do have to get a book into your hands and I hope that you and your kids love it. You'll, um, you're my perfect age demographic. So you'll have to let me know if they stay engaged. Oh, oh I'm I sure they will. <laughs> I'm excited. Thank you so much for joining us and 
I mean, we'll talk more. Yeah, thank you.